sage and fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the Radio Free Network.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Yo, 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 what is up, people? I'm Sage, your friendly neighborhood homeless activist. And you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Sage Lewis 1971. Facebook at facebook.com slash Sage Lewis 1971. Or you can just go to sagelewis.com. You can type in Sage Lewis homeless dude. I'm around. You can find me. I'm coming to you from the Radio Free Entertainment Network and WMVU.org. Many voices united. And you're never going to believe this. Today, historic day on the Sage Against the Machine show. Got my first sponsor. It's the real deal, baby. First sponsor. Today's sponsor is the law offices of bum, 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 Warner Mendenhall. Like Warner Mendenhall is like the lawyer superhero of Akron. And I don't know the whole world. He's like, I don't know what's going on with Warner. He's like taking over the world. He's got an office uh, at 190 North Union Street, Suite 201 in Akron, Ohio. You just go over there, say, what up? Uh, you can call him, 330-535-9160. You can go to warnermenandhall.com. Check him out. This guy fights for the people, okay? This is, this is the real deal. If you're a person and an institution has screwed you, who do you want to call? Warner Mendenhall. Look at there. That's a little rhyme. But he can do all sorts of stuff. He's got the bankruptcy law. He's got criminal defense, eminent domain and property law, false claims act, municipal law, personal injury. Standing strong together with our clients. Pushing it back against injustice and speaking out against those who have wronged you could not only benefit you, but generations to come. I think that's the thing you maybe don't always understand that if you have been wronged, oppressed by some sort of monolithic system, you standing up for your rights can have positive repercussions for many other people. So, you know, if you're thinking that, well, you know, they really, uh, these people, man, they really got me, but I don't, I don't know if I can afford an attorney. I don't know. It's a lot of, I don't know. I just want to be, just want to go back to where things were normal. Think about how this may be the time in your life where when you stand up, you make a difference. 
not only for yourself and your family, but other people and other people's families. If you think you have a case, call the law offices of Warner Mendenhall, 330-535-9160, or go to warnermendenhall.com. Check it out. He's the real deal. All right, everybody, let's get on with the show. Have you heard of this thing called homelessness? You'll never believe it. You're never going to believe what's going on out there. In the richest country in the history of humanity, there are people living on the streets, destitute and suffering, starving, full of disease, no one helping them. I know, you're, you're surprised. I was surprised too. But you know what? Now you can't be surprised. You can't be surprised. This thing, how many homeless people? No, hold on. Sorry, I'm asking Google things. How many homeless kids in New York City? This thing just came over. Uh, New York Times, the children in the shadows, New York City's homeless students, more than 100,000 city public school students lack permanent housing, caught in bureaucratic limbo that often seems like a trap. This is what their lives are like. And then it goes on to discuss the brutality of being a homeless kid. I just like a lot of times I just am like, okay, that person shouldn't have to be homeless. You know, like Mary, baby Jesus's mom, 14 year old, nine month pregnant lady, according to one book in the Bible, went over to Bethlehem to pay her taxes, do the census. Nine months pregnant between the age of 12 and 14 goes over and you know trying to do the right thing no room at the end yeah you can sleep in the barn some people believe they slept in a cave all i know is they didn't sleep in a house a 14 year old nine month so pregnant that she has the baby in Bethlehem on a journey is apparently was a 70 mile walk, you know, like we all do these days walked 70 miles, I guess in three days or so, right? Nine months pregnant goes to Bethlehem. They're like no room in the inn, lady. They throw her out into the, you know, the barn. And sometimes people like to dress it up. They're like, but the barns are warm back then. You know, a lot of times barns were below the house and they would emit heat. I mean, I don't even know why they were like trying to rationalize that this is cool. Like, but I think this is something we do with homeless people. Why we're, why we are uh, torturing people that have no place to live. We, you know, right the wrongs in our head so we can all be like, oh, well, well, that's why, you know, that's why, but that's okay. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to sleep in a barn when you're nine months pregnant? I mean, that's, and it was like 2000 years ago. I mean, what were houses back then anyways? I mean, geez, you know, so like, and we still do it. I can't get pregnant women in houses. I can't get veterans in houses. 
I can't get senior citizens with disabilities in houses. They're like some of the worst, actually. If you need to get somebody that needs assisted living, just forget about it. Just, nah, just throw them in a ditch. There ain't no place for that guy. How about a senior citizen veteran that's pregnant? <laughs> no way. Doesn't matter. I don't care what you are. It does not matter. There is there is no human being I have ever seen that is immune that is immune from uh, homelessness. Nobody. None. Zero. I can't find one. Can't find one. Babies, five year olds, seven year olds, 10 year olds, 19 year olds, seen them all homeless, seen them living in cars, seen them living in tents. I've seen it. Pregnant women. Uh, we had a senior citizen that was blind. We had to kick him out of our tent village because we had a rule that you couldn't pee outside. He couldn't find the porta potty in the middle of the night, so he would pee by his tent. We kicked him out. <laughs> a blind senior citizen that couldn't find the porta potty kicked him out. Because you know why? Because the senior citizens living next door on subsidized housing, many of which were former homeless people and drug addicts, would look down and and yell at us because people were uh, peeing outside. And we're like, all right, well, no, we don't do that. And we told the guy he was kind of stubborn. I'm not trying to make you feel totally bad. I mean, he I'm like, we're like, dude, get a freaking bottle, pee in a bottle in your tent and then throw it away in the morning. Wouldn't do it. So, you know, a little, but still blind and homeless and senior citizen. Nope. Nope. He's eligible to live in a tent. Everybody's eligible. I can't find a single person that's not eligible to live in a tent. Uh, child and family services, if they catch you, they will steal your kids from you. Uh, they can, on hearsay, take a kid for any reason whatsoever. On hearsay, that's all they have to, They, you know, they hear that there's problems. Fortunately, for middle class and above, you never have to worry about that. But poor people, it's constantly a threat. Uh, they're constantly stealing kids. Constantly. I've seen it happen. I've seen them steal a baby right from a mother's arms. I've seen it. Uh, so yeah, America, the land of the free to freeze to death on the streets. And so ultimately like here, let me give you an article that came over. Well, today's it was the 13th. Today's the 14th. I don't know when you're reading January, 2021. God, you're starting out great. <laughs> and we don't even have Tiger King this year. Oh, my Lord. Uh, San Jose cuts water in park with large home, homeless population. And then right in the, the, the title, comma, blames needles. And there you go. You're like, oh, needles. Oh, 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 oh. You had me feeling a little bad until you said needles. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. That's why they don't deserve water. They don't deserve it. All right. I've got a little story to tell. 
Once upon a time, I sheltered over 50 homeless people in 50 tents in my backyard at my building. And uh, we had bathrooms of which the city tried to lie and say we didn't have any facilities. We had showers and bathrooms and food and clothing and, you know, service providers would come by. Uh, I don't mean to, you know, give you a spoiler, but they shut it all down. Everything. They shut the whole thing down. Everything. City, I mean. Uh, and our toilet got clogged up a lot. A lot. And yes, it was annoying. We bought our own uh, industrial-sized uh, snake, you know, and it's broken. We used it so much, the head on it uh, broke off. Got to get that welded back on or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't have homeless people over there anymore, so it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, so... I'm a little bit of an expert on homeless people using bathrooms. Okay. I don't, I'm not an expert on a lot, but that I am an expert on homeless people using your bathroom, 50, 60 homeless people that live there. Plus all the homeless people that would come by during the day. I'm talking hundreds. Oh, you know, well over a hundred homeless people a day using your bathroom. Okay. I've seen some crazy ass shit come out of a bathroom that homeless people use. And have I found a needle in the drain? Probably. I think so. But that's not what clogs them up. It's not needle. Have you seen a needle? It's not a sponge, ladies and gentlemen. A needle does not expand and uh, uh, constrict the flow of water in a toilet. Okay, it does not. I don't know what needles you use. My cat has diabetes, so I have a ton of needles in my house. I'm like, it's ridiculous. I got to shoot up my cat twice a day. I'm using the exact same needles um, I give to um, uh, drug addicts. <laughs> if they knew how many needles I had, they would be quite envious. But my cat needs them and I paid for them. So they're mine. They can't have them. Uh, they don't expand. They're not what clogs up a drain from a homeless person. You know what clogs up a drain? T-shirts. That's what clogs up a drain, ladies and gentlemen, T-shirts. Now, why, why would a homeless person put a T-shirt in a toilet? I mean, it's not just T-shirts. It's washcloths, ripped up towels, anything fabric-y. Why? Because women don't have feminine hygiene products when you're homeless. Do you, do you know what it's like being homeless? Do you have any idea? First of all, you don't have any money, okay? Second of all, everybody hates you. <laughs> I'm not joking. They won't even look at you. You can go days, days without somebody even looking at you, much less speaking to you. So interesting fact, when you become homeless, you are still a human being. You do all the human being things that human beings have. And for the females of the human race, you know, uh, 
we have, you know, periods. What's the fancy term? There's a, you know, what is that called? Uh, shoot. Not a very fancy guy. You know, periods. They have periods. And I am not a woman. This might be a surprise to you, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not a woman. And so I can't really empathize with the experience. However, I can tell you that blood does come out. I, I'm, I know that. I'm not that thick that I don't realize that once a month people menstruate. That's the word menstruation. They menstruate and blood comes out and you want to, you know, uh, stop the bleeding. And so you use things to, you know, absorb the bleeding. And if you don't have feminine hygiene products, of which most homeless women do not, you use what you got, okay? So you use T-shirts. You use towels. Use whatever you can find, okay? And then, I don't know how many public bathrooms like at, at, at parks you've been to, but typically there is not a lot of place to throw away garbage. And so, and now, now this is where I get a little, you know, considering how many toilets I have, uh, uh, you know, snaked out my life from homeless people. This is where I get a little crotchety. If you could just make a little effort and not throw it in the toilet, it would make everybody's life so much better. But really, I, you know, I would say that. And sometimes I would be angry because I got sick of pulling bloody T-shirts out of my toilet because I did have trash. I don't know why people do things. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why people that are mentally ill smear shit all over the walls of your bathroom. I don't know why, but I know it happens because it's happened to my bathrooms. There's something about being mentally ill and smearing poop. They go together I, for some people. I don't know why. I don't have any idea. I don't make the rules. I'm just reporting the news. Okay. Okay. I don't know why people put stuff in toilets when there's a garbage can right next door. Right there, right there. You can't imagine how many times I've had this conversation with homeless people. But honestly, you have to have it with like all humans. How many bathrooms have you been to where people are pleading with people not to put anything other than dookie and, and, and toilet paper in the potty? It happens. There's something about it. Humans want to throw junk in there. Shh, shh. Google trying to talk to me. I don't know why people do things. I have no idea, but I'm telling you, they do it. And when you don't have feminine hygiene products and you just have uh, T-shirts, that's what you put in there. So 
I can almost guarantee you it was not the needles that caused the clog, but it was the reason why they were punishing the homeless people because they turned the water off on December 14th and the bathroom clogged and the facility flooded and they left 200 homeless residents without water. 200 residents, okay? All right? What, uh, water was turned off on December 14th when drains in one of the bathrooms, the, one of the bathrooms clogged and the facility flooded. So they turned off all the water. Both of the restrooms were closed for two weeks. Well, one has since reopened and the other will remain closed. Okay, do you see the punishment that they did there? And I'm telling you, people said these words out loud. If they aren't going to appreciate these bathrooms, they can go somewhere else to use the bathroom. Well, there's only one problem with that, buddy. There's nowhere else to go, okay? Because now what you're doing is you're turning it on 7-Eleven, which literally they talked about 7-Eleven over there. Like, you know, then, so when the city shuts down a bathroom, they put it on the business, okay? That's how it goes. They shut down services and businesses pay the price, And they take care of the homeless. They do it all the time. The Circle K by my building, it is the homeless hangout. We hang out in the driveway. We hang out in the store. We hang out on the sidewalk. We just hang out. It's fun. And they let us. People be selling stuff. Let's see. The guy last time, the most recent guy wanted to sell me an entire Nike, uh, uh, like sweatsuit or gym. I don't know what he, you know, I don't know what you call them, but workout outfit. I'm like, look at me, buddy. I'm not cool enough for that. He's like, yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. So you can buy stuff there. You can buy CDs. You can buy movies. You can buy drugs. Of course you can buy drugs. Um, buy everything there. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and they just, you know, yeah. Like, so when cities refuse to take care of their homeless population, the businesses take up the slack. They're forced to. Okay. Uh, so The temporary closure, we're back to the bathroom, included the restroom's water fountains, okay? They turned off the water fountains, along with the fountains near the park's horseshoe pits, leaving the homeless residents without a clean water source in the park for two weeks. It was punishment by some parks and rec guy, okay? He was pissed. He doesn't like homeless people. He was punishing them. 
This is where everybody came to get their water, homeless resident Catherine Davis said when the fountain stopped running. How can they turn this off? We're not here because we want to be. Some of us, uh, now some of us have to go beg for water from 7-Eleven. There you go. So now, because that guy pissed off at homeless people, 7-Eleven has to take care of him. Nice work. The city's, uh... Okay, here we go. The city's park department oversees maintenance of 101 restrooms in 209 city parks, according to Graham. Graham. And some have experienced problems with needles clogging the plumbing. Okay. All right. Now, see, it bothers me that newspapers put that kind of thing in because that's propaganda bullshit. Okay. Because then, because now what you've done is you've, you've tainted the whole conversation. You're like, oh, well, uh, I hate uh, drug addicts and drug addicts should just go fucking die. So yeah, I can understand why you have to turn off the water and now nobody's listening because then the next sentence is this. The next sentence is this. Cicerelli told San Jose Spotlight that people used clothing to plug the restroom sinks and improvise baths, leading to, you guessed it, inevitable flooding of the restrooms and additional plumbing work to fix the clog. Columbus Park is one of those parks that's probably at the top of the list in terms of maintenance needs. Things get broken on a fairly regular basis. So there you go. Okay. That's, that's the truth. They use clothing to plug the restroom sink so they can bathe. All right. There it is. Not needles. But yet we use needles as a way of justifying our um, neglect, our cruel, inhumane neglect of poor people in our country. Would like to talk to you about Exhibit B. Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman went out, pretended to be homeless for a while. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So here's the deal on the Denver Post. This was all right. Anyways, he wrote uh, this. He wrote this on January 12th, 2021. So this is pretty recent. Uh, so what he did was he went and stayed at an encampment and a shelter so I could better understand those challenges and have more informed discussion about resolving them. I wanted to live them and feel them to the extent possible. Okay. So, uh, he presented himself as a homeless veteran. It's nice. He is a veteran. He's a lion sack of shit, but that's great. In staying in one of the shelters in Aurora. And then an encampment in the vicinity of Lincoln and Spear in downtown Denver. 
He says, to the credit of the shelters, every time I went to a new one, I was asked if I wanted help from a menu of services ranging from mental health therapy to drug and alcohol counseling to job placement. I was impressed by the range of services offered to anyone wanting to improve their circumstances. Okay. He's saying the words that we all want to hear. Anyone that wants to improve their circumstances. In the shelters, I observed three categories of experiencing homelessness. The mentally ill, the chronically homeless suffering from drug and alcohol addictions, and those displaced by economic circumstances who were finding work and using the shelter as a temporary means to save money to get back on their feet. In the encampments, the experience was entirely different. What, surpri- what was surprising to me about the shelter population and the encampment inhabitants was that I found them two very distinct groups that never intersected. That's a lying bullshit. It's now all of a sudden a genius. I never found a shelter person who had stayed in an encampment and an encampment who haven't ever stayed in a shelter. Like... He says this stuff like he's now some sort of expert on homelessness. And what bothers me is people read this bullshit and they're like, oh, wow, wow. That's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting from an anecdotal meaning nothing absurdist piece of bullshit. Yeah, that is interesting. Encampment inhabitants tended to be much younger than those in the shelters. Oh, really? Okay. Many of them remind me of the counterculture hippie movement of the late 1960s and 70s, where dropping out of society and living in a communal setting with the common denominator being, guess this, drug use defined their movement. Only for that generation, it was largely marijuana and hallucinogenic drugs, which were totally cool because I did those. For the encampment generation today, the drug use is much more serious, with the dominant drug being crystal methamphetamine. (gasps) No, you mean Adderall that you give your kid, you fucking fucker? It was common to see these young people shooting up or smoking meth in glass pipes. And he goes on, the advocates for the encampment want us to believe that the reasons why encampment inhabitants never access shelter because they are afraid of the congregate living arrangements during the pandemic, are concerned about having their few possessions stolen, or fear for their safety. Nothing could be further from the truth, this genius piece of lying sack of bullshit says. <sighs> In the shelters, I always felt safe. I was always required to wear a mask, was constantly reminded about social distancing. I never had anything stolen from me. In the encampments, I never felt safe. No one ever wore a mask or even concerned themselves with social distancing. And I had a number of items stolen. Yeah. The re- real reason why the encampment habits refused to access the sellers is simple. It's simple. He's got it all figured out. Shelters have rules. Shelters have rules. Oh, yeah. Wow. God, this guy is amazing. I'm Wow. We are so lucky to have this fucker on planet Earth. One rule in particular, one rule in particular keeps the encampment inhabitants out of the shelter. And that rule is that drugs and drug use are prohibited. I know that my observation hits a raw nerve. My observation, the encampments have reinvigorated. Yeah, this guy is a fucking 
stain of a waste of human life. How dare he chastise people that he went in with a preconceived notion with uh, to begin with. He knew what he was going in to see. He, he is not a scientist. He's not doing a study. He's doing an anecdotal confirmation bias bullshit. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Let me, let me, okay. All right. Do you know, do you know, do you know that I ran a homeless village of tents? Do you know that? Okay. 50 tents over two years. Okay. Let me see if I can find this. Here I am looking at um, intake forms. Okay. When you joined our camp, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, il- ten. I guess it's ten different forms that you had to fill out that were created by homeless people. Okay? Let me just go over this. This is what you this was the most important document. It is the Homeless Charity Code of Conduct. Now, we had a tri-council of homeless people that lived in the camp that ultimately the camp made these rules. I did not make the rules. They made these rules. And they read them to every single new visitor. Now, listen, it says here, the Homeless Charity Code of Conduct says, thank you for choosing to spend time here at the Homeless Charity. We are here to help you transition back into a healthy lifestyle any way we can. Okay? Homeless people made this. Homeless people living in tents. Paul Hayes, at this time, is the director of the facility and has final say over all incidents. A homeless guy. Okay? As a community, we have some basic rules to help everyone get along. These rules are here to help everyone accomplish goals, be part of a team, establish friendships, and remain safe at all times. Can you guess what number one rule is in all bold and capitals? Absolutely no alcohol or illegal drugs on the property, period! Exclamation motherfucking point! Take it off the property and do not return for 24 hours until you're sober. Respect others wish to stay clean. That's why we came up with the rule because people came to us trying to stay clean and we were so overwhelmed. We decided to go with them. Number two, you are subject to random urine, drug screens, breathalyzers, random personal searches, tent searches, also of bags and purses of by security. Then the next one isn't in bold, it's in italics. Please ask for help immediately if you need treatment. We will assist you right away. The next one's about stealing. Stealing is a nightmare in the homeless community. Absolutely no stealing. You will be immediately evicted and permanently banned. Three exclamation points. Remember, we have security cameras. Two exclamation points. Then they talk about no defacing. We ask that you donate a minimum of one hour every day, Sunday through Saturday. That's seven days a week. Um, New clients are absent the first 24 hours. will be immediately packed up and your tent will be given away. 
If you know you're going to be absent for three days, you must, must, must tell one of the following people and list the people. Um, uh, after three days without prior notice, you'll be given away and you'll be considered of having moved out voluntarily. If you leave voluntarily or been evicted, you will, we will store your belongings for three days, 72 hours. You're responsible for arranging pickup. After three days, we'll donate your items to the homeless charity. Be kind and respectful to others. No fighting or arguing. If a problem arises, immediately go to security. Only leave the property through the gate. Make sure to shut the gate every time you go on. Guests are permitted. It's, it's two full pages of rules. Fucking asshole, Aurora, Mayor, Mike, fuck yourself, Kaufman. Rules, motherfucker. God damn it. That guy makes me mad. We had a waiting list. In the middle of the winter, we had a waiting list. People wanted to live at our camp. Why? wasn't because Mike Kaufman's theory that they didn't have rules. It's the opposite. They wanted to live at our camp because we had rules. But I'll tell you what else it was. The number one reason people wanted to be at our camp was because we were a community and we respected each other. We brought dignity to people's lives who had no dignity and humanity left. And that is the failings of the shelter system. They treat you like cows. They will tell you over and over again that it's not your house. They will tell you when to worship. They will tell you when to eat. They'll tell you what to eat, how to eat, when to go to bed. You're going to bed at 830. You got to take all your clothes off. You can't have your phone. You certainly can't stay with your spouse. You can't bring your dog. And there's no room for other than your stuff other than a small box. Mike Kaufman has severely hurt the homeless community understanding. This guy is a disease. Fuck Mike Kaufman. Fuck him. He doesn't understand. He's trying to put out propaganda to, you know, push his point. He doesn't care about people. He just wants homeless people to go away from his beautiful Aurora. They're messing it up. They're making it look all shitty and ugly, even though it's the policies of fuckers like this that uh, make it too expensive to live. Make it so people uh, with uh, felonies can't get jobs. He's the problem, not the homeless people. But yet he gets to uh, push this propaganda bullshit through. The number one reason the city shut down our tent camp was because it was working. And we were doing it on private money with very little money. And we made the other homeless services look bad. Why would a person live in a tent in the middle of an Ohio winter when they should be going to the Christian shelter and praising Jesus three times a day? You want to you wanna eat? Praise to Jesus. You want to sleep? Praise to Jesus. You want to have clothes? Praise to motherfucking Jesus. 
not joking. Everything you wanted cost a a, a, a long, in-depth prayer or actual church service. They freaked. They freaked out because we disrupted the system and the system was working just fine for the people running the system. It was working great. Everybody had their money. They were getting all their millions from the federal government and just we're going to, we're going to, they literally would say, we're going to end homelessness. They've been, Oh my God. No, 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 no. Don't be stupid. They're never going to end homelessness because they got cushy, amazing jobs. That's what government and bureaucrats create jobs for their friends, not actual problem solutions. Oh, man, don't be stupid. It's like the war on drugs. It's going great, people. The war on drugs is going great. The military machine in America is going great. Everybody that's making money will on these systems will gladly agree that they are going great. Because they're living a nice life on that crap. And anybody that wants to come along and say, you know what? We could do better for cheaper. (laughs) Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Oh, yeah. You must go away. You must go away. Just no, 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 no. Let's not talk about how the homeless wanted to be there. How the homeless felt connected. Let's just shut that shit down. Okay. Let's do that. We live in a world where the propaganda machines um, with just a, you know, a couple words can instantly taint the conversation. Needles clogging up the bathroom. Oh, needles. And let's talk about needles for a second, okay? Do you understand anything about addiction? Do you have any, any idea what an addiction is, okay? What happens to your brain on a uh, drug addiction? Let me see what I can find for you, okay? Uh... Here is the National Institute on Drug Abuse, okay? Let's see. How do drugs work in the brain? Drugs interfere with the way neurons send, receive, and process signals via neurotransmitters. Some drugs, such as marijuana and heroin, can activate neurons because their chemical structure mimics that of a natural transmitter in the body. It's allowed the drug to attach onto and activate the neurons. All of these drugs mimic the brain's own chemicals. They don't activate neurons in the same way as a natural neurotransmitter, and they lead to abnormal messages being sent through the network. Other drugs, such as amphetamine or cocaine, can cause neurons to release abnormally large amounts of natural neurotransmitters or prevent normal recycling of these uh, chemicals by interfering with transports. This too amplifies and disrupts normal communication between neurons. What parts of the brain are affected? The basal ganglia, the extended amygdala, the prefrontal cortex. Um, 
so let's see. Why are drugs more addictive than natural rewards? For the brain, the difference between normal rewards and drug rewards can be likened to the difference between someone whispering in your ear and someone shouting into microphones. So just we turn down the volume on a radio that's too loud. The brain of someone who misuses drugs just by producing fewer neurotransmitter in the reward circuit or by reducing the number of receptors that can receive signals. As a result, the ability, the person's ability to experience pleasure from natural rewarding, i.e. reinforcing activities, is also reduced. This is why a person who misuses drugs eventually feels flat without motivation, lifeless and or depressed and is unable to enjoy things that were previously pleasurable. Now the person needs to keep taking drugs to experience even a normal level of reward, which only makes the problems worse, like a vicious cycle. Also, the person will often need to take larger amounts of drugs, to produce similar familiar highs as known as tolerance. Okay. We know that the brain changes through addiction. And we also know that an addict's brain is different than a non-addict's brain, okay? This isn't like um, craving pizza, Okay. Oh, I got to have a piece of pizza. I got to Not only do I have to have a piece, I have to have a whole pizza. I need it on Friday. It's going to be so good. But if you don't get it on Friday, you'll eat something else and you'll be like, oh, well, that was good. It wasn't pizza, but it was okay. And you'll be fine. Okay. Now there could be people that are literally addicted to pizza. I don't know. I'm not trying to uh, belittle anybody that might actually have a legitimate uh, pizza addiction. But you can see, maybe you're chuckling right now. You're like, oh, pizza addiction. Don't be silly. No, 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 no. I don't know if there is. But if they do have one, it's legitimate. Okay. Just like an addiction to sex, just like an addiction to gambling, just like an addiction to hoarding, like any kind of addiction, your brain has changed. Okay. So what. I'm here to tell you is, is that when an article or a stupid motherfucking mayor says something like, oh, they're just, they just want to use drugs. They just want to use drugs like the hippies did. They are propagating a stereotype that makes actual change in the system almost impossible because their voice is reiterating what they want the other people the anti-drug people want to believe so just like the 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 the, the aurora mayor guy mike the motherfucking dickhead uh kaufman that he didn't want to learn he wanted to prove a point he knew what was going to happen okay he wasn't there to learn anything. He was on a propaganda journey. People that don't understand addiction are like, oh, well, the mayor of Aurora says they just want to use drugs. They should stop using drugs. You know, drugs are bad drugs. Nancy Reagan told me to just say no. And so I, I did. I did. I just said no. They should just say no. <laughs> Have you learned anything about humans in your life? Okay. 
What I'm here to tell you is that there are people with addictive brains, okay? Now, let me tell you another story. I am an alcoholic. I haven't drank in 17 years. But I still dream about it, okay? I have dreams, and sometimes I just fantasize taking a bath in some fucking... Oh, anything delicious would do like, uh, you know, maker's mark, oh, nom, 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 nom. Oh, a bath of maker's mark. Could you imagine? Uh, I don't know if that would actually be pleasant or not, but it sounds great. Um, alcohol is my soulmate. Alcohol is always sitting there being like, you know, Sage, you know, it would take your mind off of some things right about now. A nice stiff drink. And it would. My mind would, and I would, I would float into oblivion and I would be so happy. So happy to get away. To go away. I have yet in 17 years to be able to reduce stress the way alcohol could reduce stress. I mean, I'm getting better at it and I'm trying different things, but nothing like three drinks. <laughs> Problem solved, ladies and gentlemen of the court. Three drinks, sketch is good. And then, you know, have as many more as you want. Just keep going down that rabbit hole until you can't even know where you are. Oh, oh, do you understand? Can I even express to you how much I loved being gone, gone, blottoed, totally blitzed out of my brain? There were times I literally tried to kill myself drinking too much because I just wanted to go there. You know, wasn't suicidal. Wasn't it at all. I just wanted to be so drunk. So drunk. <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. Also remember the hangovers. Number one reason. I quit. The hangovers were getting too much. I think I might have become even allergic to alcohol. They were getting so bad. I don't know. But anyways, I'm very thankful I quit because I have a lovely life. I have a wonderful wife. I have an amazing kid. Uh, I get to be here on WMVU yelling at you people. It's amazing. Couldn't have done that drunk. Spend too much time drinking. Don't be stupid. Uh... We as a society, I'm not saying you need to pity uh, addicts or feel compassion for them. All I'm asking is you to stop judging them if you don't understand the first thing about addiction. Okay. Because this is how we end up with 500,000 people living on the streets of the richest country in the world because there's some unspoken, some very spoken that these are just addicted losers. They should get a job and quit the drugs. Said by people that don't know shit about the topic. Okay. They don't know these people's lives. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand them. They just sit around and judge. And so we can't kill them. Not yet. Apparently, 
democracy is up for grabs in America. So, you know, maybe in 15 years we will kill all the homeless. Certainly possible. Don't think it's not. Uh, the final solution. <laughs> at least it's honest because I'm looking at a picture right here of these homeless people on uh, the streets of Aurora, Denver, Colorado. And that's why the mayor went out because he wanted to say what a piece of shit these people were. He saw it firsthand. He didn't become friends with these people. He probably got his shit stolen because he was a big fucking dickhead and deserved it. He should go back out on the streets again after that article. That'd be great. See how much shit he gets stolen then. So, yeah, now we've got a war in Aurora, Colorado against these, uh, you know, rich white people that believe Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman is now the fucking <sighs> Jesus of homeless understanding. And so, you know, he's just made it harder. He's actually made it harder on himself because he doesn't supply any answers. I mean, what's he going to try and do then being like, Hey, I learned these people are assholes. They just want to do drugs. And you know, they're just the hippies of the new generation doing, uh, you know, literally the exact same chemical makeup of Adderall that we give our kids. That's what meth is. It's the exact same chemical makeup of Adderall. Exactly. But when a homeless person takes it, it's a terrible drug, a terrible drug. <laughs> Fucking asshole. He does it because he hates homeless people because it makes his city look bad. And uh, what he wants to do is he wants to clean up his streets. He wants to be able to throw these people off of the street. Every time a tent goes up, he wants somebody to swoop in and throw that tent away. Get a tent, throw a tent, get a tent, throw a tent, get a tent, throw a tent. And eventually people will stop putting up tents. And he's right. They will. But. He didn't solve a damn thing other than making his streets look falsely pretty. He just buried those people. Now they're living in abandoned houses and they're living unsheltered in the woods and under bushes. They didn't even leave his city. They don't have any money to leave a city. So now their life is worse. But. Mayor motherfucking Mike motherfucking Kaufman's life is better because now his streets are clean while people <laughs> suffer more. See a Democrat. Let me see. Five bucks says he is. Let's look. Uh, ah, here it is. Oh, look at this fucking asshole. No, wait, that's, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. American politician. Nope. Republican. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I thought maybe I could bash the uh, Democrats because they're, uh, hypocritical condescending fuckers, but, uh, obviously so are 
Republicans. God, this guy pretended to be homeless. Really? What a sack of shit. 65 years old. God damn it. Just can't even, you know, just fucking can't even. Uh, yeah. So Mike Kaufman gives no fucks about people. All he wants is his streets to be clean. He judges homeless people. Okay. He judges them. He thinks their, uh, the, their addictions are a weakness and they are pieces of shit that should just go away one way or another. He doesn't care how, as long as they disappear. Problem solved. Mike motherfucking Kaufman to save the day. This is America, ladies and gentlemen. This is the country we live in. We are the most Christian nation in the world. I say that a lot. Let me double check that. What is the most Christian nation in the world? United States has the largest Christian population, followed by Brazil, Mexico, and then Russia. <laughs> Um, 2.168 billion uh, Christians, 1.5 billion Islamic people. Pretty interesting, I guess. Yeah. Largest Christian. We're the largest Christian nation in the world. Okay. Does that like, does any of this strike you as hypocritical? I mean, what does Christian mean to these people? What does it mean? Have they ever heard of something called Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount. Ever heard of that? Let me read a little ditty. Let me read a ditty. Uh, I just want to fucking have the Sermon on the Mount. Here we go. Okay. Here we are. Matthew 5, 7. Introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, so they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the children of God. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, let's see. Talks about the fulfillment of the law. He talks about salt and light. Adultery, divorce, oaths, eye for an eye, love for enemies. Number six, giving to the needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that the giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay. Uh, that guy is so convinced people are giving that he's telling them how to give. 
<laughs> hey, Jesus, what about Mike motherfucking Kaufman, who is like homeless people are losers? What do you got to say about that one? Huh? Anything? Nothing? Okay. Just checking. All right, everybody. We got a lot to work to do. A lot of work to do as human beings. But we will do it and we will prevail. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.